Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Missing in the Desert podcast. I am here to do an update, a long-awaited update, on Lonnie Uribe's case. And I want to start out first by giving a correction um, to the initial podcast on this case. Um, I, I knew in the beginning um, when I was going to record, I didn't have a definitive pronunciation of Lonnie's name. And in the first podcast, I did mispronounce her name as Lanny. So to her friends and family um, who knew this was wrong and heard this, I do apologize. I'm very glad that somebody brought it to my attention so I could correct it going forward. So we are going to now do our update as promised on the Lonnie Uribe's case. Okay, so here we go with something interesting that um, came to my attention along with the name pronunciation. Um, This is why I do this podcast, is in the hopes that somebody out there associated with, you know, the person who's missing or other people who might be involved in the case might hear it and be able to forgive the fact that I have um, a pet around right now. Um, But I digress. There are people hopefully listening when I do these cases that might be able to shed some light on things um, or call in with information, uh, whether they contact me directly or contact the authorities. Um, It is really helpful Uh, to be able to give as much information as we can. So in this case, um, it was really great that a couple of things came out of the first episode that um, not only helped the family and the case itself, but also, you know, gave, gave some information that nobody would have if they hadn't, someone hadn't reached out after hearing the first episode. So that is where a lot of this information that I'm going to update you with, um, it, it was spawned out of that. So um, let me just say that I had a couple of people that reached out who wanted to get in touch because um, they wanted some information to be out there about certain things that happened prior to Lonnie's disappearance. And because of that, I was able to speak to someone who gave me some, a lot of information, actually. And I'm going to share that with everybody now. Um, I want to reiterate that I am not going to be naming names. So um, if you listen to the first episode, you know that, you know, I'm not going to be giving the direct names of people who could be involved in this case. Um, the people who know and need to know the names, um, they are aware. So just know that um, we are doing everything we can to get this information out there for a reason. And I'll go into that at the end of this update. All right, so number one, I want to say that um, the information I have comes from people who directly know all the parties involved. So um, a lot of it has been looked at after the fact by um, 
other people who can also confirm that, you know, these are very knowledgeable sources. Okay, so here we go. Now, um, there was a question um, in, in the first episode that we touched on where um, Lonnie had been very concerned about um, things that she was hearing in the canyon behind her house, that there were people that were harassing her. She didn't feel safe because of it. And there was some question whether or not that could have played a role in something that happened to Lonnie. So the person that I um, got some information from, in, in their perspective, knowing all of that situation that was going on there, um, they do not feel like that was as big of a concern as maybe initially it was thought to be. Um, mainly because there, in that particular area, there is a lot of um, homeless camping going on in that canyon. And, you know, it was more worrying about maybe those people in Lonnie's mind because she was a little paranoid at the time. Um, but that, you know, there really wasn't a whole lot of reason to feel like these people had any bad intention um, toward her. So that is something that wasn't really, in their mind, a primary focus. So um, the other thing that there was a question of that we really didn't have a lot of answers for um, going into this was, you know, whether or not there was any drug use involved. Um, If you'll remember, there was what the police thought was some unusual behavior, um, but when she went missing, um, for instance, her, you know, being a little paranoid of the people or whatever she was hearing in the canyon um, and some things that were relayed from her boyfriend um, about things that she felt like she was kind of losing her, her mind. This is all, of course, information that, you know, he he gave over. Um, and we don't, as we call it, it would be hearsay. So at that time, we really didn't know. So it was sort of confirmed that there was some drug use involved. And even though there there was, and that it could have been affecting her, you know, paranoia and having some, you know, what we can only call a breakthrough of some psychosis from the drugs. Um, It was also mentioned that she was still very high functioning, even though she had used drugs, Um, much like what you would call a functioning alcoholic who can still go to work, which she did, and she loved her job um, and still function, but there was drugs involved. So that was confirmed. Um, And this comes a little bit into play also um, later on in this update, which I'll I'll explain. So here's the thing that this is information that I didn't really have before. And At the time of her disappearance, like before that, um, there, we did talk a little bit about how there was somebody that had been living on Lonnie's property that was an old friend of hers that she had been having some difficulty with. Um, This was something that was a little bit, you know, concerning considering this happened not long before she went missing. And one of the things that they had sort of a dispute over was that, you know, he was telling, I guess, her boyfriend that she lived with that she was 
seeing somebody else as well. And this was causing some problems. Um, now what I did find out is that there was somebody else in Lonnie's life. And this was somebody that um, she was known to have difficulty with as well, as far as a lot of fighting. Um, the day that she, the day before she went missing, she had driven up north or gone to drive up north to Bishop, Bishop, California, and got halfway there and then turned around and contacted the boyfriend that she lives with to tell him she wasn't feeling well and she was going to be coming back. So, which she did, but before going home to where she lived in Colton, California, um, she stopped at some different friends' houses. And at one of these places, um, this other person that she was sort of involved with at the time um, was there, and there was a big argument that happened. Uh, and, you know, this was something that wasn't unusual, but at the same time, you know, there was this argument that day, and this is the day before, and she left telling her friend that lived lived there that she was going to be going back up north. And she that was what she had mentioned. Um, when she left on her own, and the other person that she was involved with heard that she left and asked where she was going and was told that she was heading back up north. Um, he was very angry about this. And, you know, in other words, pretty much said, no, that's not going to happen. She's not going back up north. Now, from this point, we know that rather than just getting in the car and heading back up north, at some point she headed home to where she lived with her live-in boyfriend. And we know that only because later on that night, she is caught on her ring camera uh, or on the neighbor's ring camera bringing them over some watermelon, as we mentioned previously. And this was done at about 3.30 in the morning. So, you know, that, that was something else that, you know, tells us where she was early, early morning on the day that she went missing. And the ring camera footage in and of itself was something that was very interesting. And we have video of that. I've seen the video of her bringing over the fruit to her neighbors. It, it's very interesting because as she's bringing the fruit over, you can see her turning around to look as if, you know, someone is behind her and talking and saying something to the effect of, I'm just bringing fruit or I'm just bringing watermelon over and you can't see anybody, but it's clear that she's turning around looking to say that to somebody. Um, and then she gets to the neighbor's door and it always struck me, the it stuck in my mind why she would go at that time of day, which I know was looked at, I think, by law enforcement of, well, you know, this is her, you know, losing it or, you know, having mental issues at the time. But when she goes to the door, you know, the neighbors do answer the door. You can't hear what the neighbor is saying. But I thought to myself, is it possible she knew 
that the neighbors are up late or up at that time of day. Um, and, you know, maybe she knows that they, someone there gets up for work at that time of day or whatever it may be. And that's why she went at that time. Um, I mean, the neighbor opened the door to her and everything and, you know, almost as, as if either they were expecting her to come by or that it wasn't unusual. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but this is the last point in time anybody sees Lonnie. And it's after that point that, again, you have another ca- camera in the neighborhood that picks her up leaving. And then a, a white SUV looks like following behind her. So that's where we were at with the ring camera footage. And I really, now I'm not so sure that it was highly unusual that she did it at that time. It almost looked like it was expected. Um, but that's just my opinion after seeing the footage. So I want to take us back now to this other person that Lonnie was involved with at the time. And I'm only using that terminology because it's not really clear um, how you would identify that relationship. So this person, um, you know, the one thing that stuck out is why was Lonnie's car found where it was? Um, which was off of Claycorn Road in the Cone Pass. And this is on the way to Las Vegas. So, you know, this was further away from her house. So it's okay. Why was it found there? Now I come to find out that this was an area that was familiar to her. Um, This was a place where people could go if they wanted to score drugs Um, People go there for other reasons, and some people go there to meet up and have sex. Um, This is just, you know, it's a very, it's like a remote area off this road that people go to. And, you know, Lonnie had gone there in the past to get drugs and was not really comfortable with the people that she would meet there. Um, and, And even brought someone with her that, you know, just for protection at one point. So, I mean, it's, it's something that you don't want to be hanging out there unless you're going there for that specific reason. Um, but the other thing I did find out is that that area was also familiar to this other person that she was involved with. And in fact, he had taken her there in the past. So um, it's interesting to me that this person who was also familiar with this area and had pretty much introduced her to this area in the past. Um, You know, he's also the one that she got in an argument with the day before. And um, he, he also had not just taken Lonnie there in the past, but I come to find out that he had also taken another woman there in the past who is known to this circle of, of friends or group of people. And he took her there and ended up assaulting her to the point that she had to escape the car and get a ride to the hospital. Um, this person is very hesitant to be involved in this whole story and to come forward, understandably so, but unfortunately still has contact with this person that you know Lonnie was involved with so um this can this is also something that I'm going to touch on in a minute so
So now this person that came forward with a lot of information also mentioned that there is a specific place that people should be looking for Lonnie. And not with the intent that, oh, he thinks uh, Lonnie is alive and well somewhere. Um, He came forward because he's very upset and distressed about this case and um, does feel that there could have been harm done to Lonnie and specifically mentioned a spot that should be searched. Now, uh, this really like stood out to me too, because if, if you're coming forward with something specific, there has to be a reason why you feel this way in my mind. And, you know, this is a, a place that I know very well um, that I, you know, used to go do photography in this general area all the time. And the spot that was mentioned specifically is a place where a lot of people would go and you could see people meet there all the time. And, you know, I come to find out this is yet another area where people would often go. Um, it's in Apple Valley. It's in a very specific place and people would go to score drugs or do different things. And what was mentioned was that there are, there are a lot of rock formations here in this area and a lot of bodies that get hidden in the rocks. There's a lot of crevices, a lot of, a lot of places that you can hide bodies apparently there. So this information comes from a good source that um, would know about all of these things. So I, I do really feel like there could be something to that theory of why that spot should be searched. Um, another reason for that is, <clears throat> this has bothered me from the beginning, but um, after Lonnie disappeared, the car that was found, her car with all her property in it, was picked up from the impound by her living boyfriend, but he was not alone when he picked this up. He went there to pick it up with this other guy that she had been involved with. Now, it's interesting to me because apparently they weren't even supposed to really like each other too much. But Lonnie goes missing and they show up together to get her car from the impound. And again, as a reminder, her car, the driver's seat had been pushed very far back. And Lonnie um, is not a tall woman. She is short by all accounts. So it didn't look like she was the one driving the car. And when she the, the car is seen leaving um, her house on that ring camera... I mean, you can't really tell who's driving. So I I have always found that interesting with the fact that they went and picked this up together and then brought it back to the living boyfriend's house. You know, family met there. Family wanted to see, you know, what of her belongings was there and, of course, see the car. Um, But this other woman as well had been there, this other woman that was assaulted by this other guy, 
um, was also there uh, when the car was brought back from impound. I mentioned that because uh, as of, you know, today, current time, um, the situation with the former living boyfriend and this other guy um, and this other woman are all now living together uh, on the same property, on the property where Lonnie used to live. So you have the former living boyfriend who now, from from what I have been told, um, this woman who previously had had this situation where she had to go to the hospital after going up to the same area where Lonnie's car was found um, is now the new girlfriend of Lonnie's living boyfriend. And the other guy is living on that property in a vehicle that's been converted to a living space. So it's very interesting now that all these players in Lonnie's life are now all together living on this property where Lonnie used to live. Um, I'm not, I can't sit here and say uh, these people had to be involved in Lonnie's disappearance. But I, I do think that this is information that is important, um, that it should be looked at by law enforcement. And it's not something that should just be disregarded. Um, There are people who believe that if something happened to Lonnie, that she could be buried somewhere on the old property or in the fields surrounding the old property where she lived. That's always a possibility. Um, But then again, there's the other location in Apple Valley in the rock formations that definitely maybe should be looked at. Um, that was the area that was pointed out by the person who um, contacted us. The other interesting thing about that location is that the former living boyfriend has two properties also in that same area um, where these rock formations are. Um, one property there, like right next to that, and then another property a little further down in that area in Lucerne Valley. Now, if you are not familiar with these areas, let me just say that there is a lot of desert and a lot of areas where bodies can be dumped. I, that's the only way for me to say it. And um, a lot of the missing cases that I've looked at and covered and been contacted about, um, there have been remains found so many all over the desert out there. Um, so it, it wouldn't shock me at all if that was an area to really focus on as well. So um, I want more than anything for Lonnie to be somewhere and be okay, more than anything. Uh, when I asked the person who contacted us um, what their thought was if she was okay somewhere. Um, they felt like something bad happened to her very strongly. Now, is that because there's 
more information out there that we don't know that points in that direction? Maybe. Um, I would say it's a very strong maybe. Uh, I think that there are people out there who know what happened. And I will say this to, to you if you're listening. If you have knowledge of this whole situation um, and you don't want to come forward because you're scared or you know you don't want to be involved, you don't want to be a snitch, whatever it may be, believe me, I understand. But I, I just want to say that this person, Lonnie, she has a family and, and people who care about her, who have been missing her every single day since she went missing. I have talked to the f- family so many more times than probably any other case that I've worked on. And that's because they are not going to give up trying to find out what happened. Um, this is their life now. Waking up every day and not knowing what happened to their loved one. Imagine as you're sitting there listening to this. Are you, you know, is there anyone in your life, um, a parent, uh, a daughter, a son, um, a loved one, a friend that you could imagine if they went missing and you did not know what happened to them, how that would crush you on a daily basis? Because, I mean, I can, I can see it. I've seen it with so many families that I've worked with. And, I mean, it's, it's a really soul-crushing. And, I mean, I don't know how they get through it, to be honest with you. But I want you to really ask yourself if you know anything, anything that could help them, help Lonnie's family, find out what happened, um, get some closure, anything at all, you can contact me through the podcast, whether it's on our page on Facebook and message us, or you can email us at missinginthedesert at gmail.com. I will put links here as well. And anonymously, just, you know, tell us what you can. It's, you know, I would say, you know, there are people who may be involved in this case or who may know something that had the last thing they want to do is contact law enforcement. I get it. I do. Um, you don't have to contact law enforcement. You don't have to give your name, but just you know, do the right thing. You know, help this family. As you know, I, I would, I can't imagine. I, I just, I would not want to be in their position. I feel for them. And I think someone out there knows, knows more. Someone out there can either confirm um, things that I've done in this update or they can say, you're crazy. Um, this is, no, that's not what happened. This happened. I, you know, I welcome people to contact us to give us information and to tell us, you know, whether we're on the right track, totally off, but any bit of information can help. And I also want to reach out to any professionals out there who might be able to offer some service of some kind to help 
in a search or, you know, any, anything that you think your expertise could help in this case. Um, it's, it's very much appreciated. You know, we've had contact from other people in the past that were able to help on, on things. So um, please reach out, you know, send us an email, send us a message because, um, you know, we really, we have to figure out what's going on here. And I think it's possible to do that um, if people are willing to, to help. Um, I want to thank everybody who has been in touch. And um, I want to give an update on law enforcement as well. Uh, we did reach out to the current detective working on Lonnie's case. Uh, we attempted to. There have been different detectives who have worked on the case, which, you know, is, is not unusual. Um, but we were rerouted to the public information office. And upon me sharing that we'd had new information come in, and we wanted to make sure that law enforcement had this new information, um, they said they would get in touch with the detective and let them know that and then contacted me back and said um, well you know the detective wanted to know the name of the podcast so she could listen to the first episode um, I gladly gave it and said that you know the, the biggest concern for me was making sure that they had this new information um, so obviously I said I'd love to talk to the the detective so I could pass this information on and they said okay I will let her know and um, to this date I have not had a phone call I have not been contacted back by the detective and they do not have this information unless they listen to this update so it's frustrating um, I know the family has tried to be back in contact with them as well and the only information that they're getting is that they can't give out any information and the case is active. Um, they've requested a copy of any of the, the report on, you know, Lonnie's case and they've been denied. So, you know, law enforcement, if you're listening, um, we do have information and we do have names and we would be happy to share with you. Um, but we can't do that unless you contact us back. And I want you to have the opportunity to say, yes, we are working on this case. We are interested. We want to know the information. And all I can do is, you know, put it out there and, and hope, that, hope that you listen. So that is it. That is our update. Um, again, we are more, more than open to having you reach out to us if you know something and and I really hope somebody does and um, yeah if the, if that happens you can be guaranteed we'll do another update and I thank you all for listening as always and you know please spread the word do what you can about this case um, the family would definitely appreciate it as would would I all right thank you guys we'll we'll keep you updated goodbye